0: The thing is, is that as someone who's gone through the system, because what happens is a lot of people are like, screw college. They're really they're pretty negative. And I'm not anti-college. Everybody has to figure out their own path in life. For some people, it means go to college. Some people, it means don't. Everybody has to figure out what's right for them.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Artists of Data Science. Today, we've got a conversations episode where we get to hear from people who are doing interesting work, pursuing their dreams, and adding value to the world. We're going to get inside their heads, see what makes them tick, and walk away with a new perspective that's going to help us on our journeys. These episodes are much less structured and formal than what you normally hear on the show. They're raw. Unedited and for the most part unproduced. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'd love to hear what you think about these episodes. So feel free to shoot me an email at theartistsofdatascience at gmail.com with your thoughts. Today's guest is a fierce advocate for extraordinary individuals who have chosen to bypass the traditional college route and go straight into impacting the world. Early in his career, he felt like he was locked in a cage, producing Excel reports for executives that looked at, at them for just a few seconds at most. Deep down inside, he knew he wasn't impacting anyone in a meaningful way. Realizing that a college degree isn't for anyone or isn't for everyone, that success and formal education are not always synonymous, and that some people can't even afford to go to college, he decided to start a career resource for people without college degrees. So please help me in welcoming our guest today, a man with the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen, CEO of No Degree and host of the No Degree podcast, Jonaid iqbal Look, let me tell you
0: that was one of the best intros i've ever seen and you know anyone listening that's unedited he did that one shot i didn't even tell him anything so thank you for that wonderful and warm introduction
1: oh man it is my pleasure it is my honor to have you on the show man i've been admiring your content for quite some time i just love how real you keep it and just the way it connects with people it, it speaks to uh to your character and, and what you're all about man so i'm super happy to have you here um Before we jump into some questions and jump into some back and forth, man, let's let's learn a little bit more about you. Talk to me about where you grew up and what was it like there?
0: So look, I was born in Bangladesh and I don't remember much. I just remember I have the photos and stuff, but I came here when I was three years old. So I I live in Jamaica, Queens. I still live within the same area. I still live at home with my parents as an entrepreneur. I made that conscious decision because New York City is expensive. And to me, it's like, look, spending 2000, whatever X amount, thousand, I could put that back into my business. And thankfully it's for worked Out and I, you know, I've had a, you know a, a rough year because I cashed out my retirement like two years ago. But mm-hmm. thankfully, the past year has treated me very well. So it's been. I grew up in the city. Um, I've seen the city change because we used to have a three bedroom for a thousand bucks a month. Wow, right? And wow, and my dad had all types of jobs. Man, he was a butcher, taxi driver, limo driver. Now he's been doing construction for like twenty something years, uh, and so he's done it all. And you know, I, I'm. I'm Bengali. So immigrant parents. So education was always the top thing. You had to go at the top grades. It's like me getting a a 97. It was like, oh, this kid got a 99 or this kid got a 102. Or you know, I remember even if I was sick, right. My parents were like, oh, you're sick. You know, like I'd rather go to school than deal with my parents. Right. But I mean, You know, our parents always try our best. They don't. They don't know any better. So I always did well in school. And for me, it's like if I studied, it would just mean I would be closer to the top of the class. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's like as you grow older, you know, you kind of look at things. And once I started really looking into things, I saw that there were plenty of careers out there that didn't require college degrees. But it's just like you don't think about those careers. Like who thinks of? hey, I want to grow up and be a claims adjuster, or hey, I want to grow up and be a surveyor, surveyor. It's a lot of people a lot of people fall into these jobs. So it was like, why can't I be the person that introduces people to these careers? Because a lot of people get them through their uncle, friends, and families. I was like, why can't I be that uncle or that friend for someone? And that was sort of the inspiration for nodegree.com.
1: It's like we're entering a, a completely new, different economy, right? Because yeah. like, not only are these traditional jobs only the ones that our parents knew about but now it's like all right the internet itself has opened up the possibility for career spaces i mean there's jobs out there that we've never heard of growing up and that there's jobs coming up that we're never can't even imagine right now right so yeah
0: i mean think about all the jobs that are out there right now like who would have thought like all these just different vr right now there's vr editors and stuff like think about it 10 years ago who's gonna say hey i'm gonna be a vr editor but mm-hmm. Just like you said, there's so many, so much software that hasn't been released, just how things change. Like think about 20 years ago, if you told someone, hey, I'm going to develop mobile applications. They're like, what are you doing? But as technology changes, new opportunities rise up, old ones die down.
1: So let's take it back now to to when you were in high school. Like what did you think your future would look like?
0: I don't know, man. I was I was always a dreamer. Um I, 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 one of the big things that really taught me a lot in high school is I, I, I used to wrestle. So I learned of wrestling as a sport, 11, 12th grade. So it was one of those sports, like, you, you know, you just gotta, you get what you put in and it was tough, right? I used to wake up at 6am, come home at like 9pm, just because my commute was like an hour and a half. So you had the commute, you had the practices, but you know, it was something I love. And I just, I don't even know what I want to be. Oh, I want to be a gym teacher that's what I want to be. I want to be a gym teacher. I was like, Oh, you know what? I, I, I'm really into fitness. Fortunately, I can't dedicate as much time as I would like, but I'm, so I kind of was like, Oh, I'll be stay in shape. I'll play with the kids. But then when the first semester of college, I actually went to SUNY Cortland and they were one of the top schools for <laughs> phys ed teachers. But as I learned, it was a lot of like li- there was a lot of liability involved. It's like you play with the kid and a kid gets hurt on the other court. Oh, you're going to ask, what were you doing? Oh, I was over here playing boom, you're in trouble. Kid cuts class, you know, all these things. So it kind of really took away from that. And then I realized, you know, I transferred schools and I realized like, you know what, let me go into like data and math. So I focused, I majored in math. I did well. I, so that was kind of what I wanted to be in high school, gym teacher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm into fitness too, man. I'm into fitness, fitness whole pizza in my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I was looking you up uh, for your background. I was super surprised to see that we, you know, so I'm, I'm from, my you know, family's from Punjab, so we've yeah. got that South Asian heritage there. So that's that commonality. But then also yeah. the actuarial science thing. Um, because I studied to be an actuary as well. So that was like yeah. the first job I had right out of grad school. So yeah, that, yeah. Was just, that was just not for me, man. Taking all those exams, like Yeah. How many should, did you pass? I passed four of them. But I, oh, you're smarter than me, I only passed two. Yeah, I mean, but I took took yeah, like yeah. thirty exams. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I took like I took a decent amount too, so I know.
1: Yeah, man, I, I just couldn't live my my life in that in that way yeah. anymore, man. Um, I guess you know, some people are able to to finish those exams quickly and get that yeah. uh, fellowship. I just did not want to spend the next you know, whatever however long it doesn't take me to finish that. But it's interesting though that I mean, you're super educated. You got your graduate degree as well in yeah. in, in math and all that. Um, how like how does somebody? like the so educated now become such an advocate for like people looking for jobs without degrees right like yeah kind of, kind of a, a so, contrast there
0: you know what the thing is is that as someone who's gone through the system because what happens is a lot of people are like screw college they're really they're pretty negative and i'm not anti-college i'm just everybody has to figure out their own path in life for some people it means go to college some people it means don't but everybody has to figure out what's right for them so what happens is either a lot of people are really for college or they're really against college, but they can't finish it. So it sort of gives me a different type of credibility in that I know who college is good for and who it's not good for, right? So what happens, you're going to see a lot of kids, they give the statistic, like if you got a college degree, you're going to earn a million more dollars over your lifetime, right? That's a common statistic. But the thing is, right? We 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 majored in math. It's like you have to look at some confounding variables and you have to look at why. So 80% of people who go to college come from, they're not from the bottom 10, 20% of society. So the fact of the ability to go to college means you're going to earn more because the ability to go to college means you have a support system, you have parents, you have this and that. A lot of people who don't go to college, they don't have a good support system. So now if you take a kid who doesn't go to college but has a good support system, that premium goes down. And then you have to think about the average, person. Nobody is average, right? Think about it. The average person is like 51% female, right? Because the average person is the average height of like 5'8". Are you 5'8"? Then no, the thing doesn't apply. The av- What's the average major, right? You can't have that. So the thing is, you know all these things about you. So when you're making a decision, you have to say, okay, I'm a male or female. I'm the average good high school kid earns this much, the average person who majors in math. So you really have to study these things instead of looking at these blanket statements, right? Because the fact is, is you know a lot of things about you, you know what you're good at, you know what you're not good at. I could tell you the average public speaker makes X amount, but if you're terrified of public speaking or you have no personality, you're not going to make that. It's just how it is.
1: How do you think education is going to change now going forward? Because I, I'm i seeing like this, like I mean obviously you see it to this uh, COVID yeah. situation, It's kind of
0: it's exposed
1: really, it. It's exposed it's it, right?
0: Forty thousand dollars a semester or fifty thousand dollars a year for Zoom classes. It's like, come on.
1: And most you can educate yourself pretty f- yeah. well for free online just yeah. by selecting what classes you what interests you right and follow yeah. that. What do you think it's gonna look like ten years in the future?
0: So you know what the thing is, ideally we should be shifting quick. But, you know, people talk about the market. But the thing is, there are a lot of forces that impact. The reason a lot of kids go to school is employers require them and their parents require them, right? Or they don't know any better. So the market can't fix they don't know any better. They're just not going to know any better. You're 18 years old. The world's out there. You hear. The other thing is, I know so many people, like I know someone who lives two blocks away from a She went for high school. Like her parents are like, if you're not, a, if you don't become a doctor, we're going to disown you. Right. So they're pretty much right. So what happened? So parents move so much slower. Like, go go to Bangladesh, go to Punjab and say, hey, don't go to college, do this. They're going to like, I don't know, they're going to chase you out of town. It's just how it is. Like, I would never be able to convince my parents until I'm making like $10 million a year, right? It's just they grew up in a certain mindset. And you could also think they grew up in a time where if you were educated, that was your only shot out of poverty, right? So I think it's going to take some time, but I do think it's shifting. I do think like, you know, I think college enrollment dropped like 4% this year. Uh, community college enrollment dropped by 22%. So people are realizing, like, I've, I've told a lot of people, I was like, you know what? Take a gap year this year. Why are you gonna pay so much? Take a year to really learn. It's like, you have to do these things. And I think every year there are more and more people who are advocating against college because they graduate and like the system's so messed up. And what's really holding this up is the parents, it's the sort of the employers requiring, but more and more companies are saying Google took it off, Tesla took it off. They're not caring because these brilliant founders, you're like, look, if you're smart, you're going to find a way to learn. You're not going to wait for someone to teach you in a class. You're going to figure out You're going to read a book. You're going to do that. Right. That's the thing is, there's so many ways to learn. And the Internet has really democratized access to education. Right. Before you had to have a teacher, you had to have an expert. Now the expert can record a YouTube video. Right now, the expert can make a course and release it for free. So I think it's going to move not as fast as it should, but it's still going to move. And schools are really going to have to make some changes.
1: Yeah, because educate being educated is not the same. As being skillful, right? Like yeah. education doesn't equal skills. I mean, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people with PhDs in some really impressive sounding fields, um, but they don't got no yeah. skills. And
0: also I'm going to counter you. Education does not always mean school, right? Because a lot of yeah. people think that why think about it. Let's say you, you go to four years of college, you finish all your credits, but you don't walk or you don't pay some fee. You don't get the degree. Are you not educated? Mm -hmm. You know, if you sit in, there are people who sit on class and they take notes, but they don't officially register. Do they are not, you know, so I think we as a society have to kind of say, look, school is one way to get educated, but school does not, is not all of education, right? Because you just learn more. It's like someone who's learned how to code and has learned online and has self-taught and is better than someone who's went to, who went to school or would you say like, they're not educated? So I think, you know, it's just something that we kind of do that. Hey, this person is a PhD. Like I've seen some people with PhDs who are, yes, they know this small niche area very well, but then they're sort of idiots outside right mm-hmm. so you know they're i've you know you, they're playing people you talk to and they can tell you how the car works the physics of it and this and that and they can tell you know textbook knowledge right i would say they're educated
1: i mean there's so many different ways to learn like you're mentioning right yeah. podcast youtube so yeah that's a very valid point you can still educate yourself without going to school Yeah. But like, why do we still have school, though?
0: No, I think, look, it's okay because for some people, they need school. Some people need the environment. They need the structure. They need the so that I'm not saying, hey, abolish schools, because remember throughout history, it's only recent in the last 20, 30 years where schools have really, especially in the US, where the prices have just gone insane. I think we have to make it so, hey people who want to go to school, go to school, that they're not only going to school because their employer requires it. And I think that will actually change the environment. Because when I went to school, man, there were some kids that were coming class iPads all day. Like I remember one kid never talked to me the whole semester. He knew I was like good in the class. He said, hey, can I copy off you? I was like, dude, I don't even know you. Like, you know, it's like first it's like, you know, it it just shows like he, he obviously probably cheated off someone that kid never did anything in class and he got the degree. So it's like, it's such an interesting phenomenon.
1: So you get an opportunity to work with some amazing companies that are hiring for, for some, You know, roles that, like you mentioned, we never even heard of. What are some interesting roles that you've come across or maybe some roles that people think they would need to go to school for? But actually, no, if you want to do this thing, you actually don't need to go to school.
0: So anything in sales, 100 percent. And any job posting that requires a degree is you're losing the best. So anything sales, marketing, anything tech related, because the thing about tech is. So this thing about school for principal and foundational things, it's good, right? but then certain practicality sort of loses things. So for example, you're not going to learn social media marketing in school. You're not. Cause the fact is by the time they teach you Facebook marketing, the algorithm has changed things and you know, they're incorporating new machine learning concepts and all that. So school is always going to be behind because in order for something to be in school, it needs to be curriculum in order for something to meet curriculum. It needs to be established and argued and all that stuff. And by the time that happens, things move too fast. Like, you know, technologies change, they update. So that I think like, what was the question again? I sort of gone off on a tangent. No,
1: no that, was, that was really a good, relevant tangent. But question was pretty much like, are there any careers that...
0: Oh, careers that, okay. Yeah. You're going to see anything tech, anything niche. So I think I would say the best way to find a career is ask yourself questions. Like, hey, who designs like the parts of my computer? What things are needed? What, what technologies are involved? And kind of go down the rabbit holes. But general area, sales, marketing, anything tech you know computer science related and honestly anything you can sort of learn online it's mm-hmm. um there's so much out there and i think the best people they just they just develop a passion for certain areas mm-hmm. and they just like start building i think there's one guy who is like the guy who repairs tesla's like he like took apart the engine and he like fused two parts together and stuff and to the point that he was on the news and he was on the Joe Rogan podcast so it's like a lot of times it's like these are Think of new areas to move they move quick. You gotta if you wanna get in there, just move in. Learn the technology and just get in there.
1: I think it's an interesting point about like the practical experience, right? Education doesn't give you that practical experience or rather school doesn't give you that practical experience because if it did, then for motherfuckers like us who went to grad yeah. school to study math, then they make us take a shit ton of fucking actuarial exams. Yeah. It's like, what's the point of that? What's the point of... Yeah, yeah. Right. Or accountants have to go through the, the CPA process, CFA yeah. process, right?
0: But you know what? I actually like those in the sense of like the CPA, CFA, the actuarial exams in the sense of I think they should make it so to take those exams. There are no requirements. If you can pass those exams, you don't need a degree because yeah. you, they're playing people with degrees. You know who cannot pass those exams. To me, if you get an accounting degree and you can't pass a CFA, you failed. Mm-hmm. You're you're a failure because that's like what same thing as like the there's so many people finance like you see finance the I you know I sort of see you know we majored in the STEM finance is like those people are so bad at math. Mm-hmm. So the CFA is a filter. So I think in the sense of you should be able to those exams are the equalizers because obviously they're a little money but if you can pass them i think that really shows so i if i had a finance company i would be like look if you can pass these exams you don't need a degree i don't care
1: yep yeah 100% agree with that man so i want to dig into now some some linkedin type of stuff man yeah. um, so what's wrong with the way that people are networking on linkedin what have you seen people do that's just like
0: oops, honestly questionable? you know what they don't network. Like network is is, is not like, hey, Harpreet, are you looking for a web developer? Are you looking for this? Are you looking for a resume? Do you need this? It's like, it's not me drilling you. It's not you trying to sell. Look, I'm all for people selling, but if you're going to sell, be unique. I appreciate someone who's like most salespeople have not even read my profile. Like one guy pitched me resume services. It's like, dude, like if I needed my resume done by someone else, that would be kind of bad. And so I think it's like build relationships. Most people don't want to build. Like I, one guy said, oh, you know why it's called network networking because it does not work or something. And you know, he's like, I, I'm a coach. I could tell you to make five figures. I was like, look, I'm actually in a very good financial position, you know, especially in the last few months due to how business has gone for me. That I don't need that. And then money is not my big mo- once I have enough money, that's not my big motivator. My big motivator is change. And none and you could read that in my profile. Very few, the people who hit me with look, like, I love what you're doing. I love the impact. How can I help you make more impact? Or I know how I can serve your audience or this and that. And most people are in it for themselves. Networking is not like in it for yourself. You have to think about how you're going to add value to the other person, right? Most people, like, for example, a lot of people want to get on my podcast. The only, and it's pretty easy just don't have a degree. Now I get people with degrees tell me, give me long stories of how they belong on my podcast, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I was like, look, while your story is valuable, I keep my podcast specific because there are thousands of podcasts out there. If I just interview anybody with a story, then I'm every other podcast out there. People come listen to a very specific thing. So what I sort of do is, and then the thing is they don't, they, they say, okay, thanks. If they really cared about my audience, They'll say, hey, I understand. I know someone without a degree that I'll refer to you, right? That's the same thing. If someone rejects me from their podcast because, hey, I'm looking for this, I'll be like, look, I actually know an intro because I'm actually looking to add value. So I think that's where a lot of people get wrong. It's like add value, build relationships, business comes after. And that's what a lot of people don't get. It's like in a networking event, you don't, you know, there's one guy out there who's just handing out the business cards right away and that's it, never happens again. You don't want that. You need to follow up. You need to build relationships. Like for example, my virtual assistant, she didn't pitch me. We just supported me. I supported her. I was like, Hey, you do this stuff. Cool. Now I employed her husband. I employed her sister, give her sister work, her friends in the area and all that stuff. Why? Because she built a relationship and those people have built relationship for me. And that's like a mutual beneficial thing. It's not like there are very few people who have pitched me and have stayed in contact after, because then I know I'm just another number, another message, you know, Oh, Hey, I hit my five, calls a day and all that stuff. It's like, you got to do some research. The other thing is, and sorry if I'm being long-winded, you got to look at the profile. I see people with like accounts that are like 200 connections and they're cold pitching me. And I was like, look, you probably just took some LinkedIn course that tells you to message people I'm not it. So you got to like understand, like, look, I got like 24K followers and I get like 50 to hundred plus comments on every one of my posts. I have enough people in my network who do what you do. So if you want to reach me, you got to tell you if I had five, look, when you, when I had a thousand, 2000, that's when I have time for calls. But now I can't get on. If I said just yes every call, I'd have 40 calls with financial advisors every week, right? That's how many I get. Hit. That's how many people ask me for meetings.
1: So how about on the individual level? Let's say that, let's just take take data scientists, for example, and you're data like an aspiring data scientist. You're trying to break into the data science field. Yeah. And you're just messaging people with, with just simple one-liners like, hey, or hi. Or the first yeah. thing you say is like, "Don't do that. job, got a job for you? Yeah. <laughs> like, right?
0: Don't do that because think about it. I probably get like 10, 20 people who are asking me every week, hey, do you have a job for me? Now, the thing is, I'm not going to remember them or I'm not going to remember them at every point in time. The thing is, you have to be the one who finds yourself a job. And if anybody helps you, you have to make it super easy for them because I can't look for it. Look, it's hard enough for the job search by yourself. I can't look for jobs for 10 people unless they paid me. And honestly, it doesn't make sense to pay someone like me to look for a job for you. It's better for me to show you do X, Y, Z. So that's what a lot of people, you have to be good in conversation because what happens is people say, hi, I have so many people across the world who say hi, and these people do not know how to, they're nice people, they just don't know how to hold a conversation, and I can't have 50, hi, how -hmm. are you? Cool, can you help me find a job? It's like, that's that's like draining, the last, like, it's just, you have to make it easy. Where someone says, hey, I've done X, Y, Z. i have done XYZ. I looked at your profile. I watched your live video. I listened to your podcast episode. I just have this one question. 100% they're going to get my time. So people will help those who help themselves and who are already doing some things in the park. Like I'll help someone tweet. You have to make it easy for someone to help you. It's like, if I told you... Um, Hey, how do you cook? That's such a broad question. Like, how do you open a restaurant? There's so many moving parts. Whereas if I said, hey, my current restaurant margins are at 20% and I'm getting these things, should I can I do this to increase my margins? Someone can answer that. But you can't ask these questions that have answers that'll take hours to answer. You gotta be a little more specific with your questions. That and that'll make a big difference.
1: Dude, absolutely, man. Like make it easy for someone to help you. That's one of my mottos. So, yeah, You know, for data science, stream job, a uh, principal mentor there, we've got like 26 something hundred mentees as part of that program. And even there, it's like people will post questions. It's like, dude, you're making it really difficult for yeah. me to, to help you. Just add a little bit of commentary. Tell me what you've done. Tell me what you've tried, what didn't work. How you, how, yeah. how should you tweak it and then make it easy, right?
0: Yeah, make it easy.
1: Man. So so first, don't, don't just message people with random highs. Don't ask them to give you a job straight from, from the bat, how should you go about developing a connection with somebody? Should you compliment them on their content? Like, how, how, yeah. how would you go I mean, about look, doing that?
0: First of all, people publish content for a specific reason. And you gotta, so think about it this way. So someone like me, you can't just like my post because I get over 50 or 100 likes. I'm not going to check who likes my post, right? Now, if I see you consistently comment, you ask me for a phone call, you ask me for a question, I'll be there, right? 100% I got. It. Now, if someone only gets like three likes, you can go like all their posts and then kind of see and then ask if they don't act if they don't respect that maybe it may make sense to spend your time on someone else but focus on building relationships with groups of people and then some of them will get on the phone with you and then the thing is as you build relationships you'll get referrals to other people like people who built relationships with me I give them intros like hey you need to talk to someone at Microsoft I got you you know like for example someone I you know knew I got him in I helped him get an interview at Salesforce right because my friend works at Salesforce so I have all these connections but I can't say hey, I have all these connections. Come ask me. I'm going to be bombarded. I don't mind telling this on a podcast because a podcast listener, first of all, when you listen to a podcast, you're already an engaged listener. So I've had people reach out. Hey, I saw you listen on a podcast. Do you mind giving me... a like a quick, some quick tips, 100%, because they took time to invest in themselves. I'll spend time. So, just like you'll help someone who invests in themselves. So, that's kind of what I would say is just like figure out, be strategic. Instead of messaging 100 people, focus on sending five to 10 good messages to people. Look for commonalities. Look for people you went to school with. Look for people who have similar interests. Look for, you know, look at people who's comment and then follow the people in that industry. So, someone in data science, go follow people who post data science content. Go look at who's liking their posts. Go look at the people who are commenting. Send them a connection. I saw your comment. And don't say, "Hey, I saw you made a wonderful comment." Be specific because now a lot of people say, "Hey, I love. I saw your comment. I'd love to connect." And I can, if I ask them what comment, I know what the answer is going to be. They're going to look at the last comment. So you have to be say, "Hey, your comment really helped me. It helped me with X, Y, Z. Thank you so much." Or you know, you said something about this programming language. What about if I did this, would that be okay? And then get the conversation going. People don't want repetitive conversations. They want different conversations. They want something exciting. They want to talk about something different. And that's what you want to be. You want to be a little, and you have to be very different. Just a little different is more than enough.
1: are you an aspiring data scientist struggling to break into the field well then check out dsdj.co forward slash artists to reserve your spot for a free informational webinar on how you can break into the field that's going to be filled with amazing tips that are specifically designed to help you land your first job check it out dsdj.co forward slash artists amazing advice man thank you so much for that Speaking of content on LinkedIn, I, I see you—you uh, be calling people out for for some of their tendencies on LinkedIn. Yeah, with their attempts to go viral. Yeah, I, I, I friggin love that, man. Um, talk to me about talk to me about what people are doing wrong to get attention.
0: You know, the thing is, and I know people who are solely there to go viral. I don't know, man. Some I know the formulas to go viral. And to me, it's like, it's not worth selling out, right? To me, it's like, I got to be me. I'm an authentic person. I try to be as real. And look, I, I don't want, some people have these cult-like followings. I don't want that. Like if I say something, be like, that's not cool. I'd love for you to say, hey, tonight, man, that's not you. That's not your type of content. Why are you going that route? Stay, you know, I want to stay original. So what I would say is focus on adding value and focus on I find focus on adding actionable value. So things where people can take action. A lot of people, you know, a lot of posts that inspire, a lot of these influencer big accounts, they sell hopes and dreams. And unfortunately, hopes and dreams sell very well, right? Oh, you're going to be rich. You're going to be famous. Oh, you only need this X, Y, Z. But the fact is, is that no one goes and becomes successful just by browsing their LinkedIn feed and reading quotes. That's not going to get you anywhere. What gets you, what makes you successful? Like how, what helped me? I read posts on like, hey, don't make these mistakes on your resume. And I read hundreds of those different types of posts and I took bits and pieces and that's how I learned how to write resumes. And then I talked to someone who filled some gaps and I did research. So use this to sort of fill gaps. So just try to, if you learn something specific, if you had something in the experience that really shaped you, if you're struggling, be like, hey, I'm dealing with this situation. I'm trying to learn these two programming language. I have X, Y, Z. What would you guys suggest? be sort of engaging, spark conversation, just be different. Like you're going to see that there's so much, every like, especially in the social media world, everything's so fake and there's this illusion and there's this bubble that people crave realness. And the fact is that, yes, you're, you may get less likes, you may get less views, but the views you get are quality. Like people will recognize you and people will respect you. And especially the thing is you don't need a lot of views to get quality conversations.
1: I appreciate hearing that because I mean, I, I, I go through these moments of weakness from like, fuck, man. Like, I, I feel like yeah. I did a really good, good job with that piece of yeah, yeah. content. That 1,300 characters took some yeah, like, sweat yeah. and tears. And then it's like eight likes
0: yeah yeah you know it takes time like a lot of people look at my content sometimes they will be like how'd you get them in life but a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes and that you have to build a community and that's what people skip like people think about how do these people get they've built communities that they've done it and like i've been on linkedin since february of 2019 i think march of 2019 when i was really active and there used to be days i used to do hundreds of comments and even to this day there are people who get like eight likes i'll be one of those eight likes like i don't care like you don't have to be the biggest person so it's just like support others and you're going to see people will support you. And not everyone will support you because there's some people who they'll get like eight likes and I'd be like always one of the likes and comments and they'd never engage back. And then the, I stopped engaging and I always check and those people never grow because they never go. in. So if you have an engagement problem, I tell people go out and leave meaningful comments on other people's posts.
1: So what's your process like when you're like making a post? Like, do you, Kind of sit back, plan it, advance, like, this is how I want to structure this message I want to get across, or you just, like, right off the top of the dome? So,
0: a lot of it's off the top of the dome, and then sometimes when I have, like, five ideas, I put in a Slack channel, and I have, like, my notes, and I'll, and literally, like, if I'm, let me open my, if I open my notes right now, like, I write, like, three words. I write, like, pay, like, your content isn't working build a community. That's like, that's all I write. I'll write like it didn't happen if you didn't post about it on LinkedIn running a trend, you know, I'll write those three words and they'll trigger and I'll kind of structure it. Cause like I, so for me, I'm lucky in that I have a skill, like I've read a lot of copy. That's how I learned how to write. And I'm, I know how to write LinkedIn copy. Like, you know, because every platform has a different type that works on it. So for me, that's sort of how it works. But it's not something I would recommend to most people because it works for me, right? I'm not, it's totally, for most people, they need to structure it. So you got to find out what works for you. But, you know, it just kind of, look at other posts, see what styles you really like, and then figure out how to make that your own.
1: Yeah. I think writing is a super important skill. Probably one of the most important, right? Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's communication skills and that's regardless of what field you're in. And I feel like a lot of data people, a lot of STEM people, they might not have that great of a skill in writing. Yeah. Um, so that's like pick up like a business writing, but I got, I got two books right here that I refer yeah. to quite, quite often. There's, uh, everybody writes.
0: I read that book.
1: Yeah, it's a good you one. You know right? so
0: the number one lesson I got from that book? That a sentence can be a paragraph. Yeah. That chapter is yeah. very important.
1: 100 percent man. That that the, the 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 structure of my writing has changed dramatically since yeah. that. So I gotta then, read it again. It's a good one, man. Then business writing you can see all my yeah. notes still out there. Business writing is a good one as well. You
0: know, the other thing that really helped me is I was part of Toastmasters. I don't know if you know what Toastmasters yeah, is, but yeah, it's part uh, of that is for, for the audience for the audience that doesn't know is an international public speaking club where you go up and you work on your public speaking. So I've been part of Toastmasters. I mean, obviously now I go less. I mean, so I've been part of it since 2014. So a lot of people look at, Hey, you're good on the live show. You're good on podcasts. And it's like, but well, I wasn't all. I wouldn't have always been good. And that's what helped me build my confidence. That's what helped me build my structure. It helped me also think quicker and it's just years of doing that. So what I tell a lot of people, it's like work on your communication skills. You don't have to be the best speaker, but being a better speaker will open up opportunities that you would not have had before.
1: To be completely honest, man, that's the main reason why I started doing these conversations types of episodes is because it allows me an opportunity to kind of go off the top of my dome and just keep a conversation running naturally because otherwise it's just a shit ton of questions that I have. And it's like, you yeah, know, I'm going from point A to point B in a very methodical, well thought out kind of way. Um, and this is just forcing me to think on my feet and making sure that I don't edit the episodes afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Holding myself accountable to that. Um, it's just, it's a skill, right? It's just yeah. practice and keep getting better and better And it,
0: it. And it becomes easier over time. I'm pretty sure like, as you do it, like for my podcast, I have like some general questions I ask, like a similar structure, but it always goes off on tangents because you have to be ready to change based on the answer that someone gives you. And that's what makes a podcast natural
1: so for your podcast like who is it that you are hoping to reach like who's the person on the other end that that you have in your mind like what is this person going through like who are you I mean, trying, as
0: in terms of my guest or
1: listener in terms of your listener right like,
0: yeah you, so listener i'm trying to so there's two. I want to get that kid in high school or the kid early on working, working several jobs, doesn't know what they want to do and expose them to different areas that they've never heard of. Like some people are like, wow, welder, I could become a welder and I, you know, I could do this and make good money. So it's to introduce people who sort of don't know what they want to do or don't have an idea or that kid who's like, I, I, I got to go to college, but I don't have any sort of aspirations. But now I have an alternative path or someone who's a career switcher and just kind of, or the entrepreneur. I have some entrepreneurial episode, but just someone who just wants to really get some insight into different careers. That's really, but my ideal one is like, I want, if I could save a kid from going to college and save them 40, 50 K a year. And because there are so many people who go through the college, they work a few years and they're like, look, I want to work with my hands. I don't want to sit behind a desk all day. Some people want to sit behind the desk all day, more power to them. Some people don't. Some people like, look, I'm going to go crazy if I sit. All day, It's just like not something I want to do.
1: Yeah, it's super important to have that person in mind when you're creating your content, both in terms of podcasts and, and writing and stuff like that, too. And it's something I've been trying to drill down as well to really clarify who it is that I really want to speak to with this podcast because I've taken a bit of a pivot now. It's like a self development podcast for data scientists rather than yeah. just stories and journeys of data scientists. So that means that I want to specifically speak to data scientists who are maybe two to three years into their career, right? Yeah. Because everybody and their mom has a breaking into data science podcast, has a podcast for people who are aspiring to be data scientists, right? Yeah. That's cool, man. Like I do that shit multiple times a week through data science dream job. But now there's a gap because there's a shit ton of people who are no longer breaking into data science. They are in data science and they have no clue what the fuck to do now. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's who I want to talk to. That's what I yeah. want to impact. Because, I'm, you, know, yeah.
0: you know, the other thing is, sorry to cut you off. Um, yeah, no, good. It's that even a podcast made for people who are two to three years in, it's still helpful for people who are five to eight years in because there's, mm-hmm. it's not like they know everything that they need to know. Most people, there's still some knowledge gaps, And then even someone earlier on in the career, they still, right now, it's like, I, They know all the beginner stuff. Now I want to learn what these people are going through. So even if you're catering it towards a certain listener, like there are people with college degrees who love my podcast, right? Even though it's not necessarily, that's not my ideal audience, they still get a beneficial because at the end of the day, like I learn a lot from all different types of podcasts.
1: Yeah, dude, hundred percent, man. It's just people they come up with some excellent ideas, right? They're talking off the top of their head, talking some real insightful stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's meant for your audience or not. Like it's, it's profound yeah. regardless. Right. So talking now about like soft skills, um, how important are those in this new economy.
0: They've always been important. And now the thing is, especially as things get more competitive during the COVID time, the soft skills set yourself apart. I can guarantee you, all the people who said hi, the only people I've remembered are the ones who are the worst at conversation, right? The people who stand out are the ones who have some soft. And it's not like you have to be the best. You just have to have enough of them. Like, I'm pretty sure you've seen some people who are, brilliant, brilliant, but they just don't know how to hold a conversation. They just don't know how to, you know, sort of build relationship. And the other thing is not having soft skills. You could be the most brilliant person in the world because of your lack of soft skills. You may not choose the right significant other. And you've seen probably brilliant people who are just brought down because they have a bad choice in significant other, or they have a bad choice of being around the wrong people. Right. You could, I've seen people who, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, they, it, they die, right? Because they make the wrong decisions or they're at the wrong place, wrong time, or they end up down. And it's like, it's just because they don't have the soft skills to understand or to communicate. Like, think about it. You could be the smartest person in the world, but if you don't know how to ask for help, you're like, think about it. No matter how smart, how brilliant someone is, they have teams around them. They have people around them who ask for help. So it's like these things, like you're being arrogant, being so self-absorbed, being all these things. You could be brilliant and still have negative traits, but I think the soft skills really kind of set you apart. And the other thing is people... If they don't know how good you are, then it doesn't matter, right? If you can't explain to people or you can't talk to other people, you can't sell yourself. Doesn't matter how good you are, because there are some people who are not as good at at what they do, but they know how to sell themselves and they're going to beat you. But if you become if you're if you're competent, you're smart, and you have the soft skills, sky's the limit, man. Sky's the absolute limit.
1: So for people who are in like STEM and tech, you know tech field, um, you know we both came up in, in in math and STEM and all that. What soft skills have you seen them kind of lacking? and how can they go and develop or cultivate those skills
0: yeah so one thing a lot of people they take they confuse introversion with the lack of social skills you can be an introvert and have great social skills it just means that being around large crowds in certain situations you need to limit it because it's draining so don't say like and also I've seen like arrogance really hold people back that they look down on people who are in other areas or who have other skills like all oh, this guy's an idiot it's like just understand hey I'm good at this thing but that doesn't mean other people are sort of beneath me and just always be sort of curious and be able honestly being funny also makes a big difference, man. Like being able, like you want people to want to be around you, that you have to understand what people are interested in. You have to have interests of yourself and be sort of be confident about what you're interested in and be confident in yourself because you'd be surprised at what, how far that can get you, that when you're confident and you can own it, people will be okay with you as a person. Like for example, I'm not a morning person and I probably won't ever be maybe until I get older. And it's something, it's actually a genetic thing, right? I have a shifted circadian rhythm normally people take that, oh, this person's lazy, but I own it. I say, look, when you're sleeping, I'm working up at 2 a.m. And when you're working, I'm sleeping. And it's like, I get the same amount of work done. But if I didn't have that confidence, if I, didn't, if I wasn't able to stand up for myself, people would just call me lazy. And then that would be like another thing where I'm like sad because people are calling me lazy and I get angry and it's like a vicious cycle. So it's like you got to be able to break out of that cycle and have these communication skills to sort of stop that and sort of change things because there are people with character flaws and all that, but people who can own them and can understand look i'm not perfect but these are this is what i'm good at people respect that
1: yeah man uh i'm super super early riser i'm up at like four four thirty every morning yeah that's when i'm sleeping that's That's when i fall asleep yeah that's that's when you fall asleep damn yeah yeah that's crazy man but there's a there's a thing called chronobiology have you heard of this yeah it's actual thing daniel pink wrote a book about it called a book was called when and Man, the, it's good, man. Check it out. I think you'll. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. that? Um, so you're talking about talking about humor. By the way, I've got somebody coming on to the show in a week or so, and um, they are what's called a gelotologist. So they wow, study, that's... they study laughter and humor. Wow, that's yeah. I gotta hear that episode. Yeah, man, it should be really interesting. Uh, uh, Doctor Sadna Bokihira, I think that's how you say okay. your last name. Uh, okay. But yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, but yeah, the point about introversion, man. Like I'm. So Super, super fucking introverted, like yeah. like extremely like the only interactions I have with people is like yeah through Zoom and stuff. And yeah, yeah. this is like the twentieth of the month right now and I've yeah. had maybe sixteen interviews already this month. Yeah. And that shit is just draining, right? It takes yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of energy yeah. out of you. And I think people, like you said, they confuse that that
0: Yeah, but you have great confusion. social skills. It's not like I think like, Oh, this guy's a dork, this guy yeah. can't hold the conversation. I don't want to be around him. But like I'd love to talk to you, you know, you again. So are you, are you introvert or extrovert? No, I'm neither. Neither. So I'm lucky in the sense that I'm an ambivert. So I, so neither is draining to me. If anything, I don't like loud environments. So I don't like the club and stuff. Like I, I've i never liked I prefer like a lounge where you can actually talk to people and, you know, intimate settings. So I'm not like a party guy, but I don't mind groups. I don't mind having great conversation. I don't mind talking to random people. So, but I don't, you know, like extroverts need that. I don't need either, right? So it's like, for me, it's like, I'm lucky. And that's why I can do what I do. And, you know, that's why it's like I, my position in my business, I use that as a strength. I understand like, hey, you know, this is what I do. So, you know, that's me. You know, I, I lucked out.
1: Nah, that's, a good, that's a good mix. Yo, so I've been meaning to ask you this, man. Yeah. So you, you hired a Gen Z candidate with zero experience. Why did you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You see all these funny posts about people hiring. And you know, it's funny. I know one of the people who posted that, like I met them in person and they're, they're so fake. Like, it's just funny that you see a lot of these big accounts. They're so fake. Like I've met a decent amount of them in person, or I know people who've met them in person. And one, one of the best compliments I ever received when cause I, you know, LinkedIn local where people meet up from LinkedIn so I, for those of you who don't know, it's like people from LinkedIn meet up as they're networking. So they have LinkedIn local New York, LinkedIn local New Jersey, LinkedIn local Miami. And they said, you're exactly who you portray yourself to be. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, cause I meet a lot of people and it's underwhelming. It's like, yo, you're not that person. Cause the thing about video edits is you can be anyone if you're edited, right? I could be, you know, I could be anyone, but that's why it's like, I like the live streams because for live streaming, A lot of people who do those videos don't go on live stream because their personalities are very flat and they're not the same thing. They can be, thing prepared and edited but raw they're not the same people
1: yeah no i agree with that man um shit man had a question on top but of my i
0: did list. hire like 20 people I, I i i did hire like 20 people recently like i have like the virtual events business and dude no resumes my virtual assistant i said yo, all the people who work for us they're good people i said yo you got any referrals good people and they were like hey you know i got some people i don't know they're gonna be kind of iffy and i was like yeah don't worry if you just give me good people and when you and you treat people well they'll get you good people Yeah. Talk to me a little bit more
1: about, about your business than the no degree business. How does this work?
0: So no degree is, I have two businesses, so I have a virtual events business. That's like, it's not a platform like zoom. It's like more of a visual platform called Remo. And we do it for companies, like conferences and all that. So we provide tech support for companies who also have an account on that platform. And, you know, we kind of have a training program, pretty simple. It's not like a crazy hard job, but it's like customer service. And a lot of times we have a lot of college kids and we kind of get them. And like, I'm all about giving people opportunity and getting them the first degree and paying them. Well, we pay 20 bucks an hour and, you know, regardless. And it's like, they love it, right? Remote 20 bucks an hour job in college remote. Like, I wish I had that. And to no degree, it's like, there are two aspects. So there's the personal aspect where it's like I get involved in terms of you want resume, interview prep, all that, then you pay me. But I prefer people do it themselves, right? Like, hey, listen to p- episodes of my podcast. Listen to do this. Look up these articles. Because the thing is, there's only so many people I can help individually. My goal is to not help one person at a time and charge them lots of money. I'd rather help many people at a time do it for free and make money other ways, like charge employers who are looking for candidates, charge um, you know companies who need trainings and all that, charge companies who are wanting to post jobs. So that's sort of how I make my money on that end.
1: So when it comes to resumes, man, I feel like- I mean, I've probably done at least six, seven hundred resume reviews this year nice. just just through days on stream job. Yeah, and I feel like people make the same, same mistakes. mistakes. Oh,
0: oh my god, over and over and over again. Like, I've seen over mine is probably like two, three K, man. I've spent over like 800 hours writing resumes this year. Um, and it's the same thing. It's like the resume is a document that someone's probably only going to look at for seven to 15 seconds. Your goal is for them to look at it for an additional seven to 15 seconds. So they're like, they're going to call you. So readability is the number one thing. It has to be easy to skim and easy to read. They're not going to read like a 20 line paragraph intro. They're not going to read that when you have like 80 bullet points, right? You got to make it direct and simple, right? People will put so much fluff in this and that. Just be direct. Like, look, I did X, Y, Z. I used this program. It saved this amount of time. Just be direct. That's the goal. That's the goal. Don't kind of people will I, I'm even against kind of saying like, I efficiently did this. It's like, did you do it? Like, would you put, I did not do this efficiently. It's like, mm-hmm. just kind of tell the numbers, tell things that are like sort of facts and don't kind of just say, I work with large accounts. Like, what is a large account? Like, it's 2 million plus, 5 million, because your large account could be someone else's super large account or it could be someone's small account, but you give a number, let them figure out the right adjectives.
1: Yeah, one thing I always talk about with resumes, like it is definitely a sales document, right? Yeah. And when you have hundreds of, Resumes, like, you know, I'm a hiring manager. So I've had this situation where I'm looking at trying to fill a position and there's literally like 100, 150 resumes that I got to go through, right? So you want to make your resume. First of all, you want to try to hack human psychology, right? So have a resume with a template that stands out, right? That's that novelty effect in the sea of yeah. resumes where everything looks the same. If you have a yeah. format that really stands out, boom, that's that novelty effect. Somebody's going to pause, and then, like you mentioned, readability, right? Like You need white space on a page. If it's just a document full of text, I'm like, man, I'm not, knocked, I can't I read know. that shit, dude. So, yeah, break it up and make it easy to scan. Um, especially if you're looking, you know, the hiring manager is most likely looking at this on a screen. So, yeah. on a screen, that white space is, like, super yeah. important, right? And, um I would say that when it comes to estimating the impact you have, like, yeah, if, if some if number
0: estimate, It'll be whatever, yeah. 10%, you know, 20%, it's fine. 10 to, I even put ranges like, Hey, I answer 20 to 30 phone calls a day and I close, you know, about 10% of them with the average close rate. That's
1: enough. Yeah. And even if you're like a, a let's say for data science kind of roles, right? Typically you have automated some type of process, right? Yeah. Cool. How much time All did right. you save? How much time do you save one person? Right. Multiply that by how many people were you? Yeah save time for multiply that by 52 weeks so a year multiply yeah. that by the average salary, salary. yeah average go budget. like
0: I, i'll talk to people i'll be like all right so you do this okay you you know you did these trainings you did this and they're like oh yeah when you did that and i was like, how much does it cost so i was like you said the company like 50k they're like yeah i did so put it like people understand that hey i said my company 50 who doesn't want to say 50k right
1: yeah, yeah but let's do a two two more questions before you jump into the random round yeah uh question i had from earlier that slipped my tongue was coming around to the concept of imposter syndrome and we were talking earlier about how people uh, on LinkedIn, like, You know, they, they don't do LinkedIn live because yeah. they have this curated version of themselves, yeah. right? Um, like, yeah, like, like, do you think these people are suffering some type of imposter syndrome? They don't want to get caught, or I mean, actually, yeah, not? I mean,
0: I think you know what? I, I know where you're kind of going with this. Yeah, I think to a certain extent they do because once you build up to the once you build up this image that's not you, how can you not be an imposter, right? Mm-hmm. You like because now you have this image to live up to. Like, if I told someone I'm this great person and this and that, and I can do anything and I can't, then it, I'm always I'm actually going to be afraid of being found out. So that's not even like imposter syndrome. You're just an imposter, right? Mm-hmm. They're an actual imposter. But yeah, to go on to this imposter syndrome, I think it hurts other people because they see these idealized versions of these people who graduate in two years, they can program in X number of languages and they can do all that. Or, you know, they've had all these great jobs. It's like, don't try to compare yourself to others. And you have to be... You, it's a skill, but you have to be honest. I think I have an episode, if you go on my LinkedIn profile, where I talk about imposter syndrome. That's one of my feature uh, videos, so I would highly recommend you guys watch that, but a lot of it stems from not being able to assess yourself accurately. And the thing is, for me, it's like, please realize I'm coming from a third person. I've never really had imposter syndrome, but I know people who have and people who have it, man, they hold it. They're very talented, very smart, but they never reach the limit because they just don't step outside their comfort zone. And to combat imposter syndrome, talk to someone be like hey look what do you honestly think i can do as a job what do you think my salary can actually be because oftentimes when you hear if you're making eighty thousand and they're like hey man you should be your you can get a job that's 130 and multiple people tell you that that's not your mom then you know you should really honestly think that you should honestly you know listen to that and take that and step outside that comfort zone because you never know
1: i think it man just real world feedback is, is all it takes all right so last question before we jump into the random round yeah. Uh, It's a hundred years in the future. What do you want to be remembered for?
0: Lower, uh, really challenging the college system. Like, you know, that's what I want to be remembered for. Like my goal is to become big enough to the point where colleges have to lower their tuition because so many people are like, screw you, fuck you guys. I can make money doing other ways. Like I sort of want to challenge these institutions and i really want to challenge culturally too in like especially in the southeast asian community where to the point where they're like hey look we want you to be educated but educated does not mean school right now educated has a big you know it's synonymous with school so that's what i want to be remembered for for really making changes in that space and really challenging these institutions and challenging these companies and making you know convincing companies and just making it normal to not get a college degree
1: i dig it man Let's jump into the random round. What are you currently most excited about?
0: The, honestly, man, it's just, I. you know what? Let me see. What am I excited? I, I'm going to go off topic, but I'm a big UFC fan. I'm a big MMA fan. So Khabib and Justin Gaethje is this weekend. So I'm excited for that. So that's what I'm excited for. And you know what? Outside of my business, it's like, I really, I'm looking really, I'm looking forward to getting some big podcast guests. So that's what I'm, I don't know who, but I have some ideas of who I want and no, you. will know, I'm excited for that.
1: Right on, man. That's uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens, man. I think, yeah. like, I haven't seen UFC since Anderson Silver, Silver. You know, day. I met him in person. Really? Picture. Yeah, yeah. I met him. Uh, he's He's a cool, he's such a cool dude.
0: And he's way bigger than he looks on TV. Way bigger.
1: He's, like, giant, right? Super
0: tall. Giant, giant. Like, he looks like a skinny, lanky dude. He's huge, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah So what uh, I might know the answer To this already But what do you believe That other people think is crazy
0: What do I believe Other people think is crazy Yeah I know that people think It's crazy to take out Like 200k for a college degree Like Mm. I know that's crazy But in terms of myself Like You know what Like I am sort of A crazy individual Like I'm a risk taker I'm that Like you know I When I was You know actuaries We make good money Like I was making good money And then It's like people like Oh you live at home You could be But it's like To me it's like Screw that I care I don't care where I am today i care where i'm at that 35 40 50 i care about leaving that legacy so these people can you know live these lifestyle they can have the cars they can sort of be on their own independent but my goal is at 50 where i can be at a point where i can help so many people that's really you know and i have like big dreams man it's like i want to compete with indeed and monster and you know some people some people call me crazy and stuff but look i'm gonna make it happen
1: i did i see that happening for you man I'm, I'm excited for you uh if you could put a billboard up anywhere what would you put on it
0: i would put no degree
1: no problem i like it man what, yeah. what are you what are you currently reading
0: what am i currently reading i'm reading ai i don't know i'm a big muhammad ali fan so i'm reading a joe frazier's autobiography okay nice so i'm a, i'm i like reading just people. i don't know i'm a big fight fan just like the struggles during the fight like you know you you have nothing in the gas tank and you have someone punching you in the face. And you know, that's kind of s- symbolic, right? Symbolism yeah. for life. So I'm kind of reading that just like a guy who grew up as a farmer and, you know, who, whose parents thought he was crazy, like he's going to be a boxer. And, you know, he ended up beating Muhammad Ali. Right. And just, yeah. you know, kind of. So I like I like those types of stories,
1: just reading about these men. I definitely check that one out, man. Yeah. Uh, what song do you have on repeat?
0: And I don't know. Lately, I've been listening to the new Nas song. He has like a song spicy. I'm a big Nas fan. So nice, um nice. I'll listen to like, what is it? It ain't hard to tell. And halftime. I'm a big Rakim fan. I'm trying to get a him on my podcast. That would be pretty good. But uh, yeah, how dope would that be? That would be dope. But yeah, so it's like, I'm a big Nas in Rakim.
1: So we're going to open up the random question generator here. Oh, let's see.
0: Oh, yeah. this is
1: so cool. So what dumb accomplishment are you most Ooh, proud
0: of? I got a good random question. Dumb? You know, there's so many. And the thing is, it's like, I don't know, man. Dumb accomplishment. Yo, I honestly don't know, man. I, I this is, this is. This is really most I can tell you what I'm proud of <laughs>
1: That's
0: a tough ah, one, and I man. know though the thing is I like in the moment I know exactly like what dumb accomplishment I get like, yeah, I'm I'm happy yeah. you know what if you think of a dumb accomplishment I know like the lights I drive by, I mean, I live in Queens, New York, so I know the lights on the Queens Boulevard. So I'll know like the timing and what speeds to go. And to me, that's like my accomplishment. like, I won't go the fastest, but I'll cruise at a speed where I'm hitting green lights all the time. And I, so I don't know, that's my dumb accomplishment.
1: Okay, so you've primed the pump for me now. So okay. my, my dumb accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, go is, ahead. So when I first moved to Canada, so I'm from California. Yeah, yeah. live in the States, moved to Canada for my wife. This was 2014, yeah. whatever. And living in Chicago for a long time, I had not had any transportation, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. drive, uh, Came to here to Winnipeg. Had to drive everywhere. And in Canada, believe it or not, man, like they have red light cameras and yeah, speed yeah. cameras. They will have cars parked on the side of the road with yeah. people sitting in them with cameras to catch you speeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in one month, I got five speeding tickets.
0: Man, that's that's expensive.
1: Yeah, it, super expensive. And I'm I'm proud that none of them was an actual cop that pulled me over. They were just ah, uh, because the cop pulls you over. No, no, cop like,
0: is most, like I saw. I see yeah. that it's like if you go forty kilometers above, it's like a ten thousand dollar fine and all that yeah. stuff so i i know that now i'm happy what is one of the are right, you asking
1: yeah, yeah what is one of the great values that guides your life
0: uh, i'm a big fan of the golden rule kind of thing that's like a big principle can so consistency i Look, everybody has different beliefs and which is perfectly fine. It's just how it will always be. But I I respect people who are consistent. I don't like people who are hypocritical. Like if you believe something, okay, it's cool. Just be consistent in how you apply that belief. Another thing is one quote that really guides me is you must be the change you wish to see in the world. A -hmm. lot of people want the world to be different. A lot of people want to be, but they don't want to change themselves. Right, you look at a lot of people. Like, hey, the streets are so dirty, and look at how many people just open their car window, throw things out. How many people litter and all that? So it starts with that. That the things you do, they guide the people around you. Be the role model. So that's one thing is to be the change you wish to see in the world.
1: I like that, man. I say for me, great values that guides my life is the just pursuit of of virtue, of excellence, of Mm -hmm. character. I like that. Of just trying to just make sure that the only good thing you truly value is. Your character, right?
0: That's 100%. That's number one,
1: man. What fictional place would you most like to go to?
0: Wow. This one is good. Let me see which world. Let me see. I got to go video games or movies. I don't know. Right now, first thing that comes off to my head, this would not be most likely, but the Harry Potter world seems like pretty, you know, I grew up, I yeah. read the books and stuff. Um, I don't know, maybe the Toy Story world, like being a toy, like, <laughs> you know, that, that would be pretty interesting. But yeah, that's what I can think of right now.
1: I dig it, man. Yeah, I, I, I'll probably say Narnia. Narnia, yeah. yeah. That's where I go. What's the story behind one of your scars? Oh,
0: uh, this, is, this is good. So um, we used to have like these wooden rocking chair type things. Like it was, a, it was not crazy rocking, but it could rock a little. And I got like a scar on like my inner thigh. Like it's like pretty big. I don't know how, but I know I like did something for it. Yeah, that's one. And then I don't know if this is a scar, but I busted my ass in the office and land on my tailbone like two years ago, and it still oh, hurts. Shit, yeah, it still man. hurts.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, dude, actually, I don't think I have any scars, man. Knock on wood, man. Yeah, no, nah,
0: you're, you're lucky. Good but life, yeah, that's man. the story behind that. Let's
1: do one last one. Yeah. What's something you wish you'd figured out sooner?
0: Mm, myself. Oh. I think one of my biggest skills right now is self-awareness, like knowing my limitations, knowing what I'm good at, what I'm because a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, you're going to see a lot of things. It's like you can do anything. I think what that's one of the most destructive things you can ever tell someone you can do anything because people cannot do everything. Like, you know, you can tell anybody who tells you that, say, can you make the NBA next week or can you make the NBA within five years? No. It's just, you know, it's just the fact is there are certain things that certain people are wired for certain things. They're better at certain things. Now, can you become better at anything? I think that's, that's true. But, you know, certain people just are better at certain things. So you got to figure out what you're good at, what you're not good at, what your weakness, what you like doing, what you don't like doing. Just because you can get good at something does not mean you will like it too, right? So that's the other. So if I figured out myself earlier and I would have done, I would have been able to get to where I am much quicker. But, you know, that's life, right? Everybody wishes they had the knowledge that they had now 10 years ago. It's just a journey of life. But I'm happy that I do know what I do know now about myself.
1: I dig it, man. It really resonates with me. Um, I feel like I've been, like, I'm I'm pretty old, right? I'm 37 now. Uh, But I feel like it wasn't until the last few years when shit started really clicking for me. Yeah. And it came from that self-awareness and really just taking stock of my skill set, what I want to do, who I am, where I want to be. So, yeah. um, But yeah, so I, same thing, man. I wish I would have figured out more of myself sooner and not tried to be somebody else's version of who I think I should have been. Yeah. And then also just like this concept of growth mindset that yeah. you're saying like, you might not be good at something yet, but with enough time, with enough effort, with enough work, you can get better at anything. Yeah. So how can people connect with you? Or where can they find you online?
0: So, I mean, I'm pretty easy. If you search up no Degree on LinkedIn, you're going to find me, but if you want to spell my name, J-O-N-A-E-D, uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I think that's the best way. I'd appreciate anyone who supports my content. Um, I have a soft spot for people who do that and send me messages. And yeah, the podcast, the No Degree podcast, you can find it on nodegree.fm and then it's on Spotify, whatever, iTunes, all these other podcast apps that are out there.
1: Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be on the show today, man. I yeah, really, really yo, appreciate was, you.
0: I had a great time, man.